Brothers and sisters, yesterday was the feast of Saint Benedict, the great um, father of Western monasticism. Because it was Sunday, we were obliged to celebrate the Sunday liturgy. But Saint Benedict is a huge figure in in the church. Uh, we think that he was born around 420. Um, he was born in a place called Nursia in, in central Italy. He eventually found his way down towards Rome. But after experiencing the confusion with the disintegration of the empire and uh, seeing the corruption of society, and you could see that his desire for the face of Christ was very hard to see in the midst of, of that society at the time, drove him out uh, to a place called Subiaco, where there is a, actually a Benedictine monastery there at the moment. And it, it was there in a cave that Benedict sought to live a, a life of a hermit. And he took on for three years, great penances and prayer and solitude, shutting his eyes, you could say, to the world, to, to discover the inner world, to, to grow in his interior life, to, to focus his, all his mental energies on that deep communion with God, who is more beautiful than anything created. All beauty comes from the source of beauty, God himself. And so this is why sometimes the mystics, they, while some people get caught up maybe in, in the creatures or creation, which is not a bad thing, we can honor and love the creation if it leads us to God. But when people come to experience God through the, the divine indwelling of the Holy Spirit living in the human heart, when they get to have an experiential knowledge of God, which grows from purity of heart, which I have no doubt that this is what Benedict was experiencing and was seeking with all his heart, then these things of the world appeal compared to the taste of God in prayer. And this is what St. Thomas Aquinas says, the gift of wisdom, which is what charity is to the virtues, the crown of virtues. The gift of wisdom is, is the gift of the Holy Spirit that is, the you could say, the crown of all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And it allows for an experiential taste, a sweet taste of God in prayer. And so Benedict went out into this, into Subiaco, into this cave to live this hermit's life. But after three years, kind of similar like the great prophet Elijah, who was asked by the Lord to go to the Wadai Cherith to drink from the stream and to live completely off the providence of God, uh, which was really a time of contemplation. But after that, he, people sought him and he was then led by God to establish a community. So there was an early community uh, at which he would, people would gather around him to live the Christian life. Now, you might say that this seems a bit fanatical or running away from the world or that as Christians, we don't run away from the world. And that's true in a sense that, that we, are, we are called to live in the world and in the midst of it. But Benedict had a unique call in the overall plan of what God was doing for the church. That God sometimes has to retreat certain individuals to, as a seed, you could say, to plant uh, a new uh, a new springtime, a new tree, a new life for the church. And I think Benedict was one of these. And so the Lord led him away in solitude so he could get clarity and then form this community with people around him. And then what they what they started to do was live the very basic Christian life. You know, monasticism as we know it, as, as that has been shaped particularly through Benedict in the Western Church, uh, is really monks and nuns seeking 
to to live just just the following of Christ, taking it seriously, taking it uh, to its complete uh, measure possible. And so this is one of the witnesses of the monks and nuns and also religious life, like the friars, like the Dominicans, like the Augustinians. It, when it's lived fervently, when it's lived authentically, it should be a loud witness to the gospel. So when any of you ever had the opportunity of visiting a monastery, one of the things that happens in monasteries, and I've quoted this before, is that Pope Benedict said that it is like the gospel starts to become distilled and, and penetrate that place. Not only the, 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 the hearts of those who live there, but the actual environment, that there's an order, tranquility, the logos, the, the, the sweet ordering reason of God that restores calm and order to the environment. So often monasteries are beautifully landscaped, and that's part of the virtue in the human hearts of the monks that are and unknowns that, that start to cultivate the land. And we start to see... Uh, uh, this tranquility, this order being restored even to the earth. And uh, and so monasteries are a great place of, of peace and uh, because when they're fervent anyway, you can get half-hearted monasteries, you can get monasteries that have been abandoned to their original ideal. But Benedict basically sought the, the, the genuine Christian life. And, and, and this is not something extraordinary, it's just ordinary. And the reason is God allows these witnesses of this kind of religious life for the rest of Christians, for Christians living in the world, lay people. They could learn lessons from monasteries. First of all, that God has to be first. Benedict's always quoted as holding a book saying Christ above all. And so that Christ has to be above all for everybody. Jesus says that in today's gospel even. And then monasteries also tell us about regular prayer. Regular prayer is important for all of us. Monasteries welcome strangers. Monasteries dedicate to study in the spiritual life. We're all called to this. So the witness of Benedict is very important for every Christian life.